0: Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Right now.
1: Realizing I watched a lot of uh, television with the youngsters back in the day.
2: How about that?
1: I'll say it again. That cab driver in Bucerios, Mexico, when he said, senor. You're Espanol. It's mucho bueno. Why is that? I said, uh, Dora the Explorer. <laughs> That's right. I learned so much Spanish. I got to brush up on my Spanish, though. Yes, you do. Come estas, una más, por favor.
2: This is the Rod Peterson Show.
1: Hello, Canada and Canadian sports fans around the United States. Welcome to the RP show. It's hour two. Coming in hot. Where else would you rather be than in the hockey rink or at Affinity Place in Estevan, Saskatchewan? <laughs> The Centennial Cup is on a day off of games presented by Tim Hortons. But all the teams are skating and practicing behind us. And the banquet goes tonight here at the Curling Center. Uh, Last hour, if you missed it, it was fantastic. Brian Williams with us, the CBC-TSN iconic broadcaster who just announced his retirement. I guess it was last... November, but he went into the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame uh, a couple weeks ago in Calgary. Brian was with us, and Craig in Calgary writes in and says, Roddy, your Brian Williams impression is spot on. As an Olympics fan, it's always a treat to see the legend on the air. I spent a lot of time with that guy. On the road in CFL days, just a fantastic guy. You want to go back and watch hour one or listen to the podcast. Devin Pucello is watching in Burns Lake, B.C. on Game Plus television. He says, good morning, Rod. Go Kings, go. He's talking about the Dauphin Kings. As we welcome in Washington Capitals analyst from NBC Sports and CBS, uh, Alan May. And... Um, People are getting excited about this Centennial Cup. What have been your thoughts? You've been here since what? You beat me here, I, I think. I don't know.
3: <laughs> I, don't, yeah, I, I honestly you. don't know what day I flew here. And it, my life was such a blur when the season ended getting ready to come here. I just knew I had to get here by a certain date. I think I got here maybe last Thursday for the first game. For the start, okay. Yeah, I, think, I think that was it. And what day is it now? Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, lots
1: happened in that week. Yeah, Hockey-wise here, Hockey, I mean. yeah, I've watched
3: almost every single game here. There's games at what, 12, 4, 4, and seven thirty every day. I think I've missed two, and I just needed a break. I think I needed a break from the
1: people I was with. And uh, I know it. <laughs> they I don't know how they, I don't know how they're doing it the people that you're with some late nights they good for them uh, i think it's a lifetime of hard work and uh dedication to their craft beer (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly by the way as we go live here an hour two we're awaiting news from the canadian football league i will get to this a little later once alan adjourns because he is here to talk hockey but CFL players have till midnight tonight Eastern to accept the latest offer from the owners or they will be locked out of their facilities, kicked out of their facilities. There's supposed to be two preseason games this weekend. So if word comes down on that, because as of we sit here today, there is no word on a vote or if they're even going to vote. But we're going to talk hockey here. We've been kicking around game five of the Battle of Alberta tonight. Flames at orders. Allen, did you pick a winner? I don't think you did pick a winner. You'd like the orders to win tonight. It's... But it's so, so hard. It's, it's 50, so hard. 50, 50. Yeah,
3: I will go with the Oilers because everyone's in overdrive right now. They've got Calgary reeling. I don't think Calgary's adapted their game plan, and that's on uh, Coach Sutter to get that. And he's a great hockey mind. Mm-hmm. He, it's never over until it's over with that guy. We of know course. that. What we've seen him do in the playoffs. Um, he's not as grumpy as he used to be in these press conferences. It's kind of weird. And, uh, Still grumpy. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just part of being a sutter, right? When exactly. They're, it. When it comes to playing hockey, but the, some of the best people in the world. Uh, it, it, they haven't changed their game plan. I find it surprising. And the Oilers are taking advantage, and they're able to play a speed game, but they're playing a responsible speed game. And Calgary, I think they should be four and five guys back at their blue line, play a boring game, the long game. And if you got to go eight overtimes to win it, don't let those guys wind up and if you let Connor McDavid Leon Draisaitl have open ice you're in trouble uh, they haven't won their net front battles and i just think they have to drastically slow the game down it has to go to basically what St. Louis did to Colorado last night and there's your inspiration you know watch you watch that game guys watch your games on their off night do a lot of what the blues do slow the game down so Connor doesn't look like the fastest thing that's ever you know moved in Canada and it's they've just got to find a way to slow him down
1: Bet Regal, our exclusive betting partner, has the Flames by 1.5 goals tonight. So the odds makers think the Flames will win. But to this Centennial Cup, the semifinals are set for tomorrow. And it's going to be the Dauphin Kings of the MJHL against the Pickering Panthers out of the Ontario Junior Hockey League in one quarterfinal. And in another, the Summerside Capitals from Summerside PEI up against Longay, Quebec and the other so two fantastic games here on Friday will be here but the Estevan Bruins will not your former team Alan and I you've watched all their games it's disappointing that they're not they didn't make the
3: playoffs it, it is disappointing but at the same time I think they're under an immense amount of pressure they've known they're gonna have this for two three years the kids that came to play here and you know it's, it's being that age it's not being mentally tough all the way yet and a lot of distractions and I think mental clutter And i look at that the first game when they went down and they were up and then they kind of let the other team back in it and they started to overthink everything and the third game you know when they finally got a win they were loose because maybe they knew that was pretty much it they only had a few games left they were playing for the love of the game and you know a lot of these kids are their last junior hockey season of this but it, it is upsetting but i know when i look back uh i won this league and great memories i remember everyone on my team and It was a different format back then and we beat manitoba easily it was kind of a joke and uh so (laughs) i love rubbing that into the manitoba guys and and then we went and we played the winner of bc saskatchewan and it was uh joe murphy and the penticton knights and we i think we lost in five and it was spectacular it was fun hockey but i never dwell on the fact that we didn't win the centennial cup because it was kind of a pipe dream to go that far And I just always remember I won my league because that's all we try to do every year and everything else is a bonus. So I look at those kids. I spoke with them before their third game the other night, and I said, no matter what, you guys, you won this league and go out there and play for each other. Get along. Don't overthink this. Don't worry about your mom, your dad, your girlfriend, your brother, your best friend. Just go out and play the game because you guys did something that you'll always look back and love each other forever.
1: One thing that I've gotten to know of, of the many things I've appreciated of you this week is that you're a sportsman. You love all leagues, all sports, all levels, right? And we can talk about all that. And I think it was a Hockey Canada website that I was reading up on the Centennial Cup. And they said, is this the toughest trophy in sports to win? And I'm like, what a fantastic question. We've often thought it was the Memorial Cup, but maybe it's the Centennial Well,
3: the way they've made it now, the format of having yeah. 10 teams, and there could possibly be 11 teams here. Uh, if the BC Junior Hockey League was still right. a part of this, and that's it's tough, but the format and just think you're you're staying in a hotel the entire time you're here. If you're the other team, kids get antsy. At least they all have video games now. And you can plug those things into anywhere. But you know the monotony of my age group and your age group would be, you know, if we were in the road in a hotel this long, you'd have just went absolutely crazy. They so killed each other. Yeah. It, yeah, it was. It is really hard to win in this thing because of the format. And then we have the. Uh, we have another tournament the next week and uh, when is it over i can't remember like i said i can't remember what day it is and uh i've been waking up every early every morning to get my sauna and my workout in and i just feel like every day is the same thing it's uh but hockey 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 we hear it in background i hear it at night i'm here in puck slam at night and uh but it, it is tough to win this this is probably the toughest ever and the team that's favored right now has been absolutely spectacular and they're a beautiful hockey team to watch, and that's the Brooks Bandits. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of those kids, will be seeing them for a long
1: time to come. I think they could beat some Western Hockey League teams. And so last night I was in this suite with the uh, all the league presidents, and uh, somebody said, to me, are you enjoying Brooks, the Harlem Trotters? Because they just pass the puck around like the Harlem Globetrotters.
3: Every guy's a great skater. Yeah.
1: A high skill level and the passing, they have a
3: lot of discipline. But the shooting and pass i never seen anything like this at my age group i think penticton was a really really good team when and a lot of those kids played went to ncaa they played some pro in north america over there not sure how many guys made the big leagues i think other than joe i think i was number two in those in that series of nhl games and but i always looked up those guys to see where they're at and i'm seeing guys coach and you know it's just a it's a great breeding ground you know when you have sex success and it leads to more success and the Brooks Bandits kids will be around. They've got kids going to Michigan, Wisconsin, Quinnipiac, and uh, they're all very fortunate to do that, and if they continue to work at it like they have to be at this level now, they should have long But this is us. no
1: gimme. No. I like Flynn Flon. Yeah. I like Dauphin. I like Summerside. I like most of the teams that are still alive. Well, one yeah. of the things, we'll go back to the first round of the NHL, so I always
3: look at that as the scouting round, and some teams are so hard to stop, and then you watch – what was happening to them because you get a really good look and you got a lot of good tape to see what wasn't working and what you have to do to shut that other team down. We'll take, for example, how Washington played uh, Florida for most of the games. They weren't closing them out, but they showed you got to have five guys back. You got to play physical at the right times and the right moments. They weren't able to sustain it. They weren't able to, uh, you know, they didn't have the commitment, I think, in puck management at times. And Tampa went in there and used all of that scouting report from those games. So we go back to here, and they cleaned out that series four nothing. Now other teams are looking, and you know I would think you know you got a lot, a lot of young coaches here, and you would think if they looked at anything, they go, we have to slow the game down. We can't let them get around our goaltender. We're going to have to block shots like crazy. It's going to be a lot of physical commitment, commitment and sacrifice, and sacrifice of your offensive game and your fancy numbers uh, to eke out close scoring games. And I think to beat Brooks, you got to limit. You've got to keep them to two goals or less. And that's it's a easy tough to task. Say, yeah. Tough <laughs> task.
1: <laughs> you know, it's funny. You uh, must. It must have really benefited your role with the Capitals and also CBS. Your coaching. Um, just tell me, like when you left the NHL, you said as a player you went. In the minors for a couple years, obviously because you love the game. Well, obviously, and then you got coaching in Texas. Which I is owned cool. I owned a team. I, I
3: my rookie year in the NHL. That's the dream. My rookie year in the NHL, and I learned more in one year that first year before and after that year. I have never learned anything more than that, and it's it benefited me so well. And the guy that started the ECHL, and I played for him when I played at that level, and we said one day we'll own a team. It's and I was a kid. Record. I was twenty-one years old. And a few years later, we got the lease to a building in North Carolina. It was absolutely fantastic, and my partner, I realized being with him day to day, he was more, he was a moron and he was lazy, and we were negotiating with the Carolina Hurricanes to play in our arena. Well, they when they moved from Hartford instead of going to uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, they played in that Olympic facility, which is awful for hockey, and it's made more for NCAA basketball and we would have been set for life just off and of not playing and letting them have our arena put even more upgrades into an 80 million dollar arena 80 million dollar arena back in 1997 so imagine so ten thousand seat arena and i coached recruited immigration i sold the dashboards sold the uh, like every advertising the ice ads uh we had luxury suites uh i was going 18 20 hours a day and my ex-wife uh she would come and I would sleep at the office. I, I had a pull-out sofa. I was working so many hours a day, and it was so fun. And we, instead of having 20 employees, we had five of us. And there was a Saskatchewan kid with me, Kevin McNaught, uh, played at the U of S a long time ago, played a long time in the, the British leagues. And man, we did everything all day, every day, and it was so much fun. And so we did that. I got, I sold that right off the bat, because it was, un, it was not sustainable to make money in the state of North Carolina. Uh, for a multitude of reasons, but I absolutely loved it. And then I started a team in Texas, in uh, Lubbock, Texas, with a large group a couple of years later, and that was badass. But you know what, one of the things I, I come back, and it's the fabric of hockey and the people in Canada. There's not enough of that in those teams. And what I wanted, the honesty that you have in the executive and, and here taking care of the players and doing the right thing, there wasn't enough of that. And I'm a pretty principled guy and it drove me crazy you know like guys saying we got to get this kid back in the ice so we can cut him and i was like i can't use the words but i would say no and there was a lot more words after that and it just drove it wore me down you know having to do a battle to you know fight to do the right thing every day and stick up to it and i go am i too stubborn am i am i you know just too hardcore in my beliefs and i'm happy i was that way and i'm happy i am that way but uh you know, it was so much fun. I loved the players, and so I look at that. You know, I guess if I could go back and do anything, I'm not a regret guy because life has given me so much. Is that uh, I love? I think I love coaching more than playing and being around the players and and helping them get to where I got to be and uh, the joy that I got when I was coaching and the guys that got to
1: the NHL I was it was proud. It was like my kids. Well, I think we have about 90 seconds, but you speak about the fabric of the game. Grant Jennings' face. I've been with him <laughs> twice when two names came up. Yours. And his was more of a stunning, he said, Alan May? <laughs> I was just with him. What's he doing here? And then the other was Dale Durkacz, and you know that name, yep. the legend. And when I said, Grant, uh, Dale Durkacz says hi, he's like, Dale Durkacz. His eyes just went like this. Grant Jennings is like a kid in a candy store here, two times down the cup champion. And he just bought a plane ticket and came because he wanted to watch some hockey. Yeah, he's a great, you know
3: what? So we all had battles when we played and he had a big target on him he was number three i think in in pittsburgh and i just loved to hit him and then he would always swing the stick a little bit i'd go back and cross check him and you know we'd speak a little bit of french or whatever that was we spoke to each other and uh about two months ago or so in washington he texted me and someone wasn't getting back to him and he got my number from i don't know it was an old teammate of both of ours and he said oh he'll take care of everything so he, he texted me in the last text. I said, don't worry, I'll get you in the suites. I'll get you in the VIP club. Don't worry, just come here. They take really good care of us. And uh, then I shamed the guy that he was, went out returning his text. I spent all, sent all the screenshots of our text back and forth. and. Grant goes, hey, could you do me a favor? Don't cross-check me and slash me when we finally meet and get to see each other in person. So he when he walked forgotten. in, yeah, he walked in. There was a sports book in D.C. And uh, he walked in there. We were having appearances before the game. He walked in, and I kicked him in the leg as soon as I saw him. It was absolutely hilarious. He's a funny guy. He's loaded through stories as well.
1: Very funny. Well, I think it's going to be the Grant Jennings-Ellen May show here tonight in Esteban. And you can still get your tickets by calling the Bruins' office. I think there's about two tables of tickets left that's it well alan this has been awesome i appreciate it we'll let you get ready for tonight
3: oh hey i love being on your show and anytime as always i continue to say and uh it's my favorite thing to do when I'm not covering a hockey game. Thank you. I appreciate
1: yeah. it. Washington Capitals analyst uh, from NBC Sports and also CBS NHL analyst Alan May. The Moose will rejoin us next here at our table at Affinity Place. We'll talk obviously more about tonight's Stanley Cup playoff games. We'll talk about the poll question, who will win Game 5 in the Battle of Alberta tonight. And we do need to get to the bottom of what's happening in the Canadian Football League. And as the Blue Jays open a series at Los Angeles tonight against the Angels, longtime Blue Jays Radio host Mike Wilner will join us to break down the series. You're watching The RP Show on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube Live, and if you missed any portion of the show, you can catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify.
4: The Rod Peterson Show, live from Estevan, is presented in part by the award winning Wanda Heron Photography.
2: Head to youtube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. The Rod Peterson Show. Brought to you by Power Dodge Estevan.
1: All right, welcome back to Esteban, everybody. Live look in the iconic water tower here of the Energy City. An off day for games, but as you can hear behind us, I think you can hear a wonderful ambient sound of the teams practicing here on this off day, getting ready for quarterfinal Friday. The Moose, Darren DuPont, uh, joins us here at Affinity Place. How you doing, Moose? I'm doing great. Good. I'm doing good. I'm just putting. Good. I'm replying with a gif to Scruffy's post on Facebook. That's what I was doing. Okay. So yeah. Are you having a good day? I'm having a great day. Yeah. Yeah. Off to a good start. Alan May just left. He goes, "That kid. I love that kid. He never stops working." <laughs> but he thought you were six foot three. Whatever
4: you're doing, the works. shot looks great. It's good. Yeah. It's good. I just can't be seen in in person. So I'm only five foot eight. <laughs> um, a sports that? update.
1: Be if- before we go any further, hinjin Jinru gets the start on the mound as the Blue Jays begin a four-game series in Anaheim against the L.A. Angels tonight. Shohei Otani, the reigning American League MVP, starts for the Angels. Quarterback Colin Kaepernick reportedly worked out for the Las Vegas Raiders on Wednesday. Kaepernick hasn't played since the end of the 2016 season when he was cut by San Francisco. Kaepernick never got another opportunity to work out for an NFL team after that. He claimed he'd been blackballed over his kneeling protest during the National anthem. And rapper Jay Cole is expected to make his Canadian pro basketball debut tonight in Guelph, Ontario. The Grammy-winning artist signed last week with the expansion Scarborough Shooting Stars of the Canadian Elite Basketball League. The Shooting Stars play their first ever game tonight against the Guelph Nighthawks. He's not just some Rudy Poo Moose. The 37-year-old played three games with the Rwanda Patriots in the Basketball Africa League just last year. There's a lot of players from that league have come to the CEBO. Yeah. Right? So it'll be interesting to see. Get your tickets tonight as they're playing tonight in Guelph. This sports update for Dubnetwork.ca, your number one source for Western Hockey League breaking news and analysis. And for Ben Cahoon's G2G Protein Bars, order yours today at G2Gbars.ca and get 20% off of the promo code RPSHOW. So... So many things flooding my mind. We'll open up the text line now. 902-518-3033 Taco Time Viewer Takeover starting now on this Thursday. For the love of burritos, it's a burritoful Thursday. Buy one, get one half off at Taco Time. We finally made it there yesterday. It's on Kensington Avenue here in Estevan in case anybody wanted to know. Uh, Moose and I had a great time. CFL Darren, not that our minds are specifically been on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, being here to broadcast live from a hockey tournament, a national championship, but this CFL stuff's getting down to nitty-grit.
4: It is really is. Yeah, it really is. We don't know where it's going and if it's going to go to a vote or not. I haven't heard the latest this morning. I've been on the phone, but, you know, if it doesn't go to a vote and they don't get on the field here right away, it feels like this could get ugly again. You know, we thought it was going to be civil and... You know, was was all going to be fine. It was just, a, you know, a few little details had to get changed. But, you know, we're talking about maybe missing some games. And if you start missing one game, then we don't know how long that's going to go. So, you know, we'll kind of keep our eyes on it. And I wonder where it's where it's headed.
1: Um, Slowing things down a little, little bit because we went hardcore into the hockey talk there with Al May, which was awesome. But we'll, everything's on the table here right now until Mike Wilner joins us in the next segment to talk Blue Jays. Jeff, the Stamps fan, says, Dupes looks like he used extra Pert Plus today.
4: Looks clean? Something. Okay. Did you do something special today? No? No? Just I, more, uh,
1: tough yeah, more, tough, more Tough Tribe? Yeah, more Tough Tribe?
4: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Some interesting and
1: odd comments coming in. Guy in St. Louis is watching. He says, I played minor hockey with Jim Benning. That must mean that you're from Edmonton. I believe Jim Benning is from Edmonton. Oh! Have you watched or seen on social media the clips of Ice Wars, the fighting championship? No, yeah. In New Jersey? No. it just came across my Instagram the other day. B.W. in Edmonton writes that he says, coming to the next Ice Wars. Big fan, that's John Kirby versus Guy in St. Louis. Yeah, the, the guys are fighting. It's a fighting championship. I just happened to see it on Instagram. On ice. They're doing it. That's that Gigante. Yeah. What's his first name, Clark? The guy from... Uh, what is it? AJ? Galante. AJ Galante. Yeah, he's... It's happening. On a full hockey gear? Yeah. It's yeah. like they're playing, as we would say, when we growing up playing hockey. Half court? Okay. They call that in basketball too, right? Yeah. I think it's from the blue line in. Okay. Is the fighting area. And it's on. No hockey is the- being played. None. Just fighting. That's cool. Like some old-style kook show guys out there like jerseys are coming off yeah. and it's a yard sale
4: and it, it's this happening. is backyard bare knuckle brawling of, of yeah. hockey fights but on the
1: ice yeah yeah cool. in new jersey where do you want to go from here viewers you want to talk about um battle of alberta tonight i still don't know have i have no sense of how this is going to go the flames are favored by 1.5 goals i want them to win for a couple of reasons um most notably extend the series more hockey um two the flames have been so great to us this year not that the orders haven't but when we walked into the saddle dome and there's a nameplate with a rod peterson show (laughs) with the flames logo on it i tend to uh get moved so i want the flames to win tonight you want to say what you say about the orders? No. Well, Come no, on. For you, sure. I say it about the Leafs, and I don't
4: care. I don't want the Leafs to win. <laughs> you know what? He doesn't want the Oilers to win. There. It's out of the bag. Thanks. Right under the bus. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, Oilers have become – you said it before, though, but the Oilers have become the Leafs of Western County. Did I say that? They've got really good talent, right? But they're not the lovable Oilers of 06 right now, right? But the more McDavid shows emotion, the more I like the guy and I like the team. But, um, yeah, it's just it's a little bit annoying, you know, coming out of, out of Edmonton. And that happens when teams win. But, you know, for both these teams. For Calgary, I wouldn't be worried because you've really, for the most part, been outplaying, Cal- outplaying Edmonton. You outplayed them last game, right, for most of that game. Outplayed them in game one. You know, outside of game three, when Edmonton really controlled game three, for the Oilers, I wouldn't be worried either because you're up in the series, you have more high-end your high-end talent is better, you've shown an ability to score, and Mike Smith has kind of settled down outside of that one Where's really he bad in? goal, right? So for neither, I wouldn't be worried if I was either fan base. It's just a hell of a series, and I hope it keeps going.
1: I just think they would be riddled with some sort of emotion, clearly, because your team's playing yes. today. Um, well, a couple of things. We talked about this two weeks ago. I think it was May 11th. I said the Mercury is in retrograde situation. And I don't really know what it means other than like Saturn spinning backwards or whatever. Yeah, and the and moons
4: are doing their thing. Yeah, it has to do
1: with the planets and it makes people act really crazy. And because this is a sports show, it is the view for sports. I don't want to get into what's gone on outside of sports. But you know what I'm saying when I say people are doing some stupid crazy inexplicable things in this world right now and i say this in with 100 percent in my belief i'm not saying it to be funny or entertaining my parents generation and even mine would have said must be a full moon people are acting weird well now it's this mercury is in retrograde thing and if you want to trans and i believe it i fully believe it it began may 11th and it was it's supposed to run for three weeks that so some really strange things are going to happen so Leaving the outside sports outside this show, it's been insane in sports what's gone on. That the Edmonton Oilers would take a three-one lead into Calgary in Game Five tonight of the Saddledome, into the Saddledome tonight in the Battle of Alberta. Even Oiler fans didn't think they would be in this
4: position. Even how you that know? series started. I mean, it was a three-goal game, and Edmonton Nine, six. put six goals on the board, but they got run out of the rink. They wouldn't have a chance in the game. Even when it was 6-6, they didn't have a chance in that game. It was completely all Calgary. But that was wacky, the way that game went. And then to completely flip the series two games later and do the exact same thing to Calgary in Game 3 back home? Wild! It's
1: why we love it, though, and that's why how a series can change on the dime. I mean, Captain Obvious will tell you one of two things will happen tonight. The Flames will have the best game of their season tonight. Because they're facing elimination. And it's not the first time they faced elimination. They did it in round one in a game seven, right? But it does play with your mind. Or they are what they are what we didn't think they were. And there it's a team that's been undisciplined, unable to handle the order speed, and just not the flames that they were all season long. Maybe that team comes out tonight. It's gonna be one of the two. Yeah. And that's why I say Captain Obvious says that we don't know which team that is. And guess what? Daryl Sutter doesn't know which team's going to show up tonight.
4: No, he doesn't. He really doesn't. And so that's why we watch, right? And that's also why there's a lot of nervous anxiety going on in Calgary and in Edmonton. You know, are we seeing this Oilers team, as Ryan Leslie talked about yesterday, maturing before our eyes, right, and growing up right before our eyes? And, and can they handle the pressure of trying to close out the Calgary flames it's crazy entertaining
1: Moose can I ask you a question that I'm getting a lot from across this land from both media types interviews that I'm doing whether it be global national or um, talk stations across the country about the CFL pending strike if they go on their second strike they're saying how much damage is being done to the CFL and that is such a broad question and we've got some time here to get into that I think it's immeasurable amount of damage being done by the CFL, and it's all self-inflicted right now. The Saskatchewan Roughriders canceling their practices today, calling it a recovery day. Apparently, they've said that they'll be out on the field tomorrow, but the media and fans are kind of winking, going, wink, wink, a recovery day. On the very day that they may or may not be voting to accept this owner's latest proposal. You've got John Huffnagel in Calgary and Wade Miller in Winnipeg, two men I respect very much, saying that they are optimistic that the preseason games will be held in those markets this weekend. But now we've got the reporter from Hamilton, or uh, Winnipeg, his name's Jeff Hamilton, he's in Winnipeg, saying that these games are in jeopardy now and it looks like the players are in no rush to vote on this offer. So then that would make Huffnagel and Miller look bad because they thought that they were going to play. Yeah. I'll say it the damage I think is immeasurable the CFL is doing to itself right now and can it even be stopped
4: it's a good question you can only ask the people in control right and that's the players and the owners can you get on the field and and start to repair the damage unfortunately that's going to be the job is once you sign a deal if it goes to a vote and you actually agree to something then you have to do damage repair which is taking away from focusing on the games so I don't know it's it's not good. Maybe it's unanswerable. Maybe it, we'll find that out down the line. We'll find out. However they sort this out. And then what happens to attendance? What does that look like? What do TV numbers look like? What type of damage is really done? Because we haven't really... We just see the fighting right now. You know, we haven't pulled back the curtain to see what actual damage has been done. And we won't until it's over and we're on the field. I know that the viewers have been waiting for us
1: to talk about this. John in Edmonton... Says the Toronto Argonauts canceled their flight to Ottawa. And Edmonton may not leave until tomorrow for Winnipeg, site of their preseason game. But they don't normally travel until game day. Uh, Jeff, the Stamps fan, says no damage yet until the regular season games are canceled. I'm just going to read his comment. I'm certainly not going to agree or disagree. I'm talking about long-term credibility damage within the Canadian sports fans' base. But they came back from covid Sold out the Grey Cup. Had a hell of a game between Winnipeg and Hamilton in the Grey Cup. So I don't know where it's going from here. Clearly, I'm gravitating more towards hockey, obviously. looks Look where we are. But it's not like I'm not following the CFL very closely. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sitting here and talking about their labor disruptions for two hours either every day. Darren in Salt Lake City says this is not a good look for the CFL both the players and management look bad in the current scenario and that's my point that's why yeah those of you that follow it day by day by day all the inner workings have your opinion but the mass canadian public has no idea what's going on and all they're hearing is that when they're on strike again they don't understand it yeah well and does it make them want to buy a ticket to an organization that doesn't look like it knows what it's doing i guess we'll find out once they actually do play games Moose, see you back here for overtime, if you're willing. You bet. Mike Wilner will join us to talk some Blue Jays baseball next, the longtime host of Jays Talk. You're watching the RP Show live from the Centennial Cup, presented by Tim Hortons and Estevan Sask on the Game Plus TV network, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio streaming at rodpeterson.com.
2: Rod Peterson, back in Canada. He must be lost. On location, brought to you by the city of Estevan. Head to youtube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.
1: It's the Energy City. Esteban Sass. We're broadcasting live from inside that beautiful facility. Drone coverage brought to you by... Blodgett pictures our junior hockey coverage of the Centennial Cup is Presented in part by Cavendish Farms proud supporter of junior hockey across Canada and also Taco time for the love of burritos. It's buy one get one half off at the over 120 taco time locations across Canada while we await Mike Wilner They're telling me that we may have him. mute don't tell me <laughs> You think we do or we do? Okay. So after a day off, the Toronto Blue Jays are back in action tonight as they open up a four-game series with the Los Angeles Angels. Jin Ryu will get the start for the Jays, while the Halos will counter with last year's American League MVP, pitching, hitting sensation Shohei Otani, and... Let's bring him in. Long time Blue Jays reporter, host, broadcaster Mike Wilner, as uh, the Blue Jays get set to take on the Angels. Mike, and with the 8-1 explosion to close out the Cardinal series with a win for Toronto, was that a sign that the Blue Jays' big bats are back, or just a blip? How are we feeling about this team that's 7.5 games out of first in the division here in late May?
5: I'll, I'll tell you, in a week whether we know uh, whether that's uh, whether whether that was a, an indication that they're back or whether that was just one game but it certainly did feel like that was what we've been waiting for right it was production up and down the lineup everybody got a hit except for santiago espinal and he drove in a run um they, they hit for the cycle in the sixth inning as a team in a space of five batters vladimir guerrero jr hit his first homer in a couple of weeks so lots of good things happened for the blue jays offense they were patient against a guy who was throwing a hundred and uh picked their spots and, and did some damage it was it was really nice to see does it mean that they're now going to win 15 in a row and they're all going to be 10 to 1 and 17 to nothing no it doesn't but hopefully it means the end of this endless string of one nothing, 2-1 and 3-1 game
1: the fans getting on Charlie Montoyo's back a little bit more than normal or is this just typical Blue Jays fans when things aren't going the way they'd like?
5: It's it's just typical any fans I think of any sport. I mean the, Charlie Montoyo uh, didn't endear himself to a lot of Blue Jays fans early on in his managerial career. He, uh, he really fell in love with the sacrifice bunt a lot more than we were used to seeing, which, you know, people would have loved 10 years ago, but not so much anymore. Um, there there was a, a managerial uh, a move that most people, I don't think, would have made uh, that wound up leading to the Paul Goldschmidt walk-off Grand Slam on Monday night. So there's room for criticism for that, but a lot of the criticism of Charlie is just simply... You know, they're not hitting, they're not winning by enough. Um, and and for some reason, that's on the manager. But look, you said seven and a half games out of first place. And I know that that's what a lot of people concentrate on is where you are in the standings as far as first place is concerned. But it's important to remember, too, that the Blue Jays have been very disappointing and very frustrating over the course of the first quarter of this season. And they're, they've played the most difficult schedule in the major leagues over the first 35 games and they're still currently sitting in a playoff spot. And uh I know that, you know, in in you know when you're thinking hockey where half the league makes the playoffs, it's not that big a deal. In baseball, they've added a spot, fine, but still the toughest league to get into the postseason. And even in all this, they're still sitting in a playoff spot, which is really really impressive.
1: You know what I'm act- I'm glad you brought up the hockey parallel because I am by trade a hockey and football guy. And in the National Hockey League, they say U.S. Thanksgiving, end of November is kind of the cutoff for what you know what you have. CFL, it was always the opening third of the season. In your many, many years following the Blue Jays and broadcasting and hosting Jays Talk, where is that line where you start to get concerned if you've had a tough start to a season?
5: Well, usually... uh... I'm not one who ever really gets concerned. I think that that, you you can figure out what you have and what you need to fix, Um, but uh, usually for me it's the end of May Uh, and in a general year the end of May will be one third of the way through the season. We started a little late this year, so we're not going to get to a third um, until maybe a week into June, but yeah, you know, Billy Bean famously said you have two months to figure out what you have, two months to fix it, and then two months to win Uh, and you know, the Blue Jays recently have been following that schedule. But I think I generally never look at the standings even until Victoria Day uh, because I don't think any of that matters. But, um, but yeah, two two months is a good, good time to evaluate. But in this case, too, you know, we look at the first two months of this season and you see, well, the Blue Jays are seriously lacking in offense. But the Blue Jays are not seriously lacking in offense. When you look at the back of the baseball cards, So I don't think, you know, this means we need to reevaluate what they can do as hitters, given the fact that it's been a rough go for a couple of months.
1: Yeah, well, if you're Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro and you're looking at this roster right now, if you feel something needs fixing, um, you know, because they made their moves in the offseason, the addition of Matt Chapman, I think, is one that they would, would do again. Uh, But if they were to tinker with anything, what would it be? What's missing right now aside from the big bass, as you said?
5: Yeah, that's the thing. What's missing is Teoscar Hernandez, who was a silver slugger last year. What's missing is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. putting up the MVP numbers that he put up last year. Um, What's missing... Is Marcus Simeon, but Marcus Simeon's missing. I mean, even in Texas, he's doing far worse than than he did. I don't, still don't think he's hit a home run, but I'm not sure about that. Uh, and hitting under 200. So you know, when you evaluate this team, there haven't really been any surprises. Maybe that Nate Pearson is still hurt, um, but mm-hmm. really, I, I think that you know, this is it's the same group that you thought you had at the beginning of the season that I thought was going to win the American League East at the beginning of the season, or was likely to. Um, and, and I really don't. I mean, you'd love to have another big power arm in the back of the bullpen, but that's what Yimi Garcia is supposed to be. So the last couple of times out, he was throwing 98. So maybe that's that winds up doing that. The, the, the tinkers, you know, the little tinkers will come closer to the trade deadline, but this team does not need any sort of massive overhaul there's no glaring hole that says screaming fix me right now it just has to come from the guys themselves
1: well looking around the american league east gin carlos stanton has gone to the injured list for a fourth straight season um how do you think that will affect the yankees the division leaders or are they used to playing without him
5: they're a little bit used to playing without him, it's true. But I think Chad Green having Tommy John surgery is going to affect the Yankees a lot more. Chad Green has been, you know, arguably the best reliever that nobody knows in Major League Baseball for the last four years. He's a guy who the Yankees have used in any situation to get multiple big outs, and now he's gone, and and that's going to hurt. And Aroldis Chapman is not what Aroldis Chapman used to be, and they're going to try to do it with Clay Holmes and they're going to try to do it with Jonathan Loizaga And it's not going to be easy. Look, the Yankees are not going to have, uh, they're not going to play 700 ball this season. And I understand that, that there's this um, propensity for uh, people to, from November to March every year, completely forget what 162 games of baseball is like and to crown champions in the middle of April. And, and, uh, You know, how will they ever overcome this deficit? You mentioned they're seven and a half games out of first place. Look, um, last year on August 31st, I believe they were eight and a half games out of a playoff spot, and they were in that playoff spot by September 15th. So, you know, and again, I I hate to put it to hockey, but that really does skew the mentality of people in this country a whole lot. The fact that hockey, Awards points for losing means that it's way, way, way more difficult to overcome a deficit in the standings in hockey uh, over a much longer period of time than it is in baseball. In baseball, you lose, you've lost. There's no point. There's no climbing in the standings. There's no nothing like that. And if uh, the team that's chasing you wins, they gain a full game on you. And that doesn't happen that way in hockey. So seven and a half games out of first with 120 games left is is certainly not insurmountable. But again, you don't have to finish first. You just got to get into the playoffs and then play well in October.
1: Well, tonight it's Shohei versus Vladdy. There's reason enough to tune in right there. 938 Eastern, first pitch from uh, Anaheim. Mike, always a pleasure. Big fan, as you know. Uh, enjoy uh, the season. We'll do it again soon.
5: I hope so. And it's got to be nice for you guys out there to have a West Coast start at a normal time. And just to, before I go, broad, absolutely new new episode of the podcast just came out just now. So everybody check uh, deep left field. You get a couple of Canadian legends in Joey Votto and Stubby Clap, uh on this episode.
1: Outstanding. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Long time Blue Jays broadcaster Mike Wilner checking in on the Bluebirds. Taco time. Viewer takeover is next. In overtime, you're watching the RP Show live from the Centennial Cup presented by Tim Hortons in Estevan on Game Plus TV. YouTube live, and you can always catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify.
2: The Rod Peterson Show, brought to you by Power Dodge Estevan. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to slash The Rod Peterson Show now. On location at the 2022 Centennial Cup, brought to you by the city of Estevan.
1: Brought to you in part two by Power Dodge Esteban, our coverage, and also Wanda Heron Photography. And thank you, Wanda. She's sending me uh, some tremendous photos of the games here for coverage at rodpeterson.com. Lo and behold, the Moose is back for overtime, presented by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the National Hockey League, Stanley Cup playoffs, and the UFC. And for the love of burritos, it's buy one, get one half off at Taco Time in over 120 locations across Canada. Moose, uh, we call it viewer takeover. And Roy Engel is watching the program today in Saskatoon on Game Plus TV. And he says, Morning, didn't the original Moose DuPont Play for the big bad Flyers in the 1970s. How did Darren become Moose DuPont?
4: Over to you. Uh, He absolutely did. You started calling. You asked me one day if anybody ever called me Moose. And I said, yeah, I I said one time. You want the the minor hockey story again with the the kid? Go ahead. We got time. So that's where that's once like I really didn't stick. But I if you can believe it or not, I grew fast. I was one of the taller kids when I was younger. And first year of contact, I didn't hit, I scored goals and came across the middle and just like, you know, suicide pass type check, knocked this person out. And I felt really bad. They were on the ice. Coaches had to come out. And after about 10 minutes, they took the helmet off. It was a girl. It wasn't a guy. It was a girl. And I felt so bad. And when we she got up and she was okay... That's when my coach slapped me on the back. He's like, boy, Moose, just like the Moose would have done. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what is no that mean?" So in the intermission, he told me Moose DuPont played for the Broad Street Bullies. Right? And here we are.
1: Everything comes full circle. So tonight, here on Estevan, it's, it's been a somewhat stressful day. Not as – there are people far more stressed than I am. But this headlined dinner tonight – the Sportsman's Dinner for the Bruins, of which I emcee every year for at least the last decade. It was supposed to feature Craig Button, myself, Joe Watson, Mike Butters, a local hockey legend. Mike Butters couldn't make it. Craig Button informed me last night that he's not coming because he's got to stay in Alberta and cover the Battle of Alberta. So now we got Alan May, who has changed his flight to stay here because he's having such a great time. Grant Jennings, the two-time Stanley Cup champion, who just came here to watch hockey and party. He doesn't even know it yet, but he's going to be <laughs> the guest speaker. And Joe Watson, who would have played with Moose Duponts, Yeah. And the 70s Flyers. He's here because he played with the Estevan Bruins. And as I've heard from the elderly ladies, he was quite a – he cut quite a shadow in the 60s <laughs> with the Estevan Bruins.
4: Very studly.
1: And apparently he was on Spit and Chicklets recently.
4: Very so It's cool. all coming together. It's all coming. And they th- – they all think I'm your handler too, right? Like You are my. What do you mean? Think? Texting me throughout the day. Do you need me to run through the script with you before the show for the program and what else do you need before I'm Sorry you're ready about to go? That. No, it's good. I'm happy to do it. It's what I it's what I do. I apologize to Alex Fulton, who always
1: texts the program. He is operating the show at Game Plus, and he has a question for Mike Wilner, and I just opened it up and saw it. Alex, I apologize. He said, question for you and Mike Wilner. It might be a little too soon, but wondering if you guys think the Jays will be buyers or sellers as we head into June slash July. Looks like they could use another lefty bat. I hope Mike gave you enough of an answer, Alex, to your question about the Blue Jays. Seven and a half out with a week to go in May or a little less they're fine I believe they're fine Arash believes they're fine and clearly Mike Wilner believes they're fine they're in a playoff spot as we sit today in terms of the wild card and we'll wind it up with CFL talk Google Cameron is watching in Calgary Alberta and he says if they lock the players out today Randy Ambrosi has to be gone worst commissioner ever and I wonder at what time do we throw the barn door open maybe tomorrow on a football Friday, Moose, and, and, and get into the legacy of Randy Ambrose. At some point, i got to stop saying, and I think the Ambrose defenders have to stop saying, he just represents the owners. He's just a figurehead. He's just a puppet. At, at what point do you stop saying that? And say, where, where where did he step up and say, I'm going to be a leader. This is what we're doing, or has he even been able to do that?
4: Paid, I don't know. Getting paid a substantial amount of money to do the job, right? I mean, you can't just be a puppet. You have to stand up and be a leader and try and bring both sides together. I know you represent the interests of the owners too, but you got to try and bring bring both sides together and almost be that mediator and and be and and if all else fails, you got to be a leader for the fans. I think that's what the fans are looking for, even if. It, all hell is breaking loose behind the scenes. We want somebody to step up at the podium and say, "Look at this is where we're trying to go, and we're trying and, and to be that inspirational leader." Rosters have come out
1: from the teams for tomorrow's preseason games: Toronto at Ottawa, Edmonton at Winnipeg. The PR people, at least, are expecting to play. Mm-hmm. The players don't know if they are. And to say it's chaos in the CFL right now would not be an understatement. So tomorrow's a football Friday, but tonight banquet night here is going to be a lot of fun. We'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern here on Game Plus TV on the RP Show.
2: Let's make some noise!
0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas?